What are the current email fraud trends, and why do they prove so challenging to organizations? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm discussing email fraud today with Robert Holmes, his general manager of Return Pass Email Fraud Protection Business. Robert, thanks so much for joining me today. You're welcome, Tom. Thanks for inviting me. So to cut right to it, email fraud has been around forever, as long as we've had email. Why haven't we developed a better way to fight it? Uh, that's a great first question, and, and absolutely email fraud has been around for a long time. Certainly I've been involved in trying to fight it for 10 years or so, um, and we've seen year-on-year growth and exponential growth, actually, in the last couple of years. So I suppose uh, an overarching comment, I would say, is that we've not fixed it because of a perceived economics problem. The perceived cost of fighting it is is greater than the perceived benefit of fighting it. Um, and I think, actually, the biggest problem here is probably perception, um, is that the costs outweigh the benefits. Um, so there are many solutions out there, but we are left with this residual risk. And... Uh, resolving, fighting that residual risk is is difficult. I think that because of this perception that it's too difficult and that we're comfortable with that residual risk, probably we've not seen the level of innovation in coming up with new solutions that you might have done if there wasn't this perception gap, if that makes sense. Well, you mentioned perception, and I think that organizations perceive that they've got a pretty good handle on fraud, but Counter to that, how is the email fraud problem actually getting worse than organizations might think and impacting their bottom lines? Mm-hmm. So I think the first thing is um, about volume. Not so much the size of the attack, but the volume of attacks that we see. So year on year, we're seeing growth of 20 25% um, in terms of the volume of email attacks that are targeting not just organizations, but their customers beyond their firewall. So that's the first issue is that actually the volume of attacks is going up. Uh, The second issue actually relates to complexity and sophistication. And this is manifesting itself in more and more news headlines of people being breached and customers being compromised, is that it's getting more and more difficult to differentiate between a legitimate email and a spoofed email uh, that may contain some malicious payload, etc., so I think those probably are the, the two biggest trends that we see, an increase in the volume of attacks and an increase in the sophistication. How that impacts organizations, and I think this is where um, the perception uh, comes into play, is that businesses are uh, busy uh, making money, and um, the idea of resolving an email fraud problem is not necessarily the item which is going to get much attention if you don't actually know what it's doing to your business. Unfortunately, some companies are finding the impact out too late. There are some celebrated cases which uh, uh, were in the the US. There were a couple of major organizations that got hit recently. There was in Europe a uh, travel company uh, that ended up having to reimburse up to 10,000 of its customers through a booking fraud scam. Now, those are very obvious cases where you can tie losses, financial losses, back to a scam. Um, But I think there's a more pervasive risk, and that is what it's doing to the trust in which uh, your customers are placing in your brand 
And there is something of a tax on business, there's a hidden tax that people are paying for this pervasive influence of email fraud. So in actual fact, I think probably it starts with getting some visibility into the problem. People don't know what they don't know. Robert, we had a conversation a couple of weeks back, and you said something to me that stood out. And what you said is, we need to be bold and think big. What exactly do you mean by that? Yeah, so as I mentioned before, I've been involved in fighting email fraud for uh, some time now. And until relatively recently, um, really it was same old, same old. It was what we in the industry refer to the whack-a-mole approach. It's find a scam and shut it down. But there's a problem with that. The problem is that it's going to take you a while to find the scam. In fact, there are some scams that you might even not, you might not even find. And the second thing is it's going to take you a while to shut that scam down. So if you consider that the uh, industry average may be 28 hours uh, to take down a fraudulent website, that is 20, 28 hours of exposure that your customers uh, are open to. And any email marketer worth their salt will tell you that during those first 28 hours after an email is sent, the majority of the damage is already done. So what do I mean by being bold? Well, we've got to think differently. And this is something where I, I think there have been changes in recent years. But I think we need to properly understand the impact to businesses, properly understand the importance of trust as a vehicle, for, as a catalyst for business, uh, doing business online, and then properly think about what we can do to better equip filters uh, of email to better spot and ideally block the bad email. So really, we need, to, we need to be bold. We need to say to ourselves, it is not uh, acceptable for my brand to be used as a vehicle to commit fraud online. We expect more of the internet community to protect our brands online because our customers are expecting more of our brands to do more to protect them online. So, Robert, in the face of the trends that we've talked about previously, what do you find to be today's most effective strategies for defeating email fraud? So I think there are two prongs to that. We want to help inform filtering decisions so that more of the bad email can be filtered upstream. Ideally, you want to nip it in the bud such that the scam doesn't even reach its intended victim. Uh, we want to help inform better filtering decisions. And the second type of decision that we want to influence is a kind of a mitigation process, a mitigation decision. We need to break the chain. If we can't keep the bad email out of the inbox, how can we as quickly as possible detect it and as quickly as possible disable it? And that is actually multifaceted in and of itself. So the traditional whack-a-mole model that I alluded to before is actually going to the finding the, the host provider of the uh, malicious content and uh, requesting that that site is taken down. Uh, there's a lag in that. It's important, but there's a lag in that. So there are filters upstream of that. We can get uh, malicious URLs fed into um, toolbars, into antivirus software, we can plug it into browser providers, indeed into devices, so that we can break the chain so that if somebody does happen to receive that fraudulent email and click on the link, it's dead. It does not resolve to fraudulent content. 
moving upstream, I think um, probably the most interesting thing that we have seen change in the last three years, indeed it was three years this month, three years ago this month um, that it was launched, is a, a technical standard called DMARC. DMARC stands for Domain-Based Message Authentication, Reporting and Conformance. So a bit of a mouthful. It wasn't built uh, by marketers. It was built by technicians. And they really wanted to seek to address this issue of preventing fraudulent email getting into the inbox in the first place, which really comes down to authenticating the identity of the sender of the email in the very first place. Um, and so that's, uh, that DMARC standard was launched three years ago uh, this month. Um, and what we are seeing is a greater and greater adoption of that. Three years ago, of course, there was 0% adoption being new. Now there is probably 15% adoption. And we expect that trying to continue uh, rather aggressively over the next couple of years. So bringing this back to return pass email fraud protection business, what are some of the successful solutions that your customers are deploying? It's really a kind of an extension of those two groups of decisions that we alluded to. So um, return path is really kind of at the center of the email ecosystem. We work with senders of email um, and brands that wish to protect themselves. And on the other hand, we work with ISPs around the world. Um, and we help those ISPs around the world make better decisions about what is good email and what is bad email so that they can block the bad email or if they don't block it, then at least report it to us, and we can then make that available in our email intelligence ecosystem. So what are we doing? We are definitely a strong advocate of DMARC. It is probably the most robust and successful solution launched in recent years and forms part of our solution. But we recognize that DMARC actually addresses, based on our research into this space, it addresses probably 30% of the problem. 70% of the problem will not be addressed by DMARC and our other services of extended threat intelligence and mitigation, uh, they then kick in. So essentially, we are consuming vast amounts of data from around the world, billions of emails per day, um, and we are in real time converting that into intelligence that can inform uh, better and quicker mitigation services. Robert, just a couple of closing questions for you. First, if you could sum up, what do you see as the future of email fraud prevention? Prevention is a great word, um, and I'm pleased you used it because I, I whilst I, I, I would love to think that um, the mitigation, the after-the-fact solution, would be marginalized, I don't think that it will ever be marginalized to the point that it is redundant. I think there will always be a need for threat intelligence and mitigation. But my expectation, hope, is that we will see better solutions um, in the first class of decisions that receivers of email have to make that of um, actually filtering bad email before it hits the inbox. Um, so in, in, for the future, I definitely see uh, adoption of DMARC increasing. I would expect by the end of next year to move from 15% to probably more like 50%, 60% of those targeted by uh, email fraud. Um, but I think that DMARC will not be enough. Um, I'm fully expecting there to be some conversations, indeed some of these have started, about the display name. So, for example, Tom, if I was to send you an email, you wouldn't see 
robert.holmes at returnpath.com, you would see Robert Holmes. And DMARC does nothing to address that. And indeed, there is no standard today that addresses what I would call display name spoofing. So what is the future of email fraud prevention? Yes, the mitigation and uh, processes will hold true and DMARC will hold true, but I expect to see greater innovation in identifying upfront and filtering out the bad email through other identification and authentication processes. And Robert, my final question for you, given everything we've talked about today, how can organizations discover their own security gaps when it comes to email fraud protection? I think a great starting point, and I, I mention this because of the fact that it's, it's cost-neutral and um, will give you great intelligence. As I said in the outset, you don't know what you don't know. But a great starting place is actually to create a DMARC record. By creating a DMARC record, you actually will automatically start seeing data in relation to mail streams being sent across those domains that you own. And I, you will see this data coming from Hotmail and Yahoo and, Hot, um, uh, and Gmail and AOL. So the data set is really rich. It's really insightful. And, and actually, we very often use that to give our customers an idea as to, do you have a problem? And if you have a problem, how big is it? What is the nature of it? And does it merit a solution? Robert, great advice. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. The topic has been email fraud. I've been speaking with Robert Holmes. He's general manager of Return Pass Email Fraud Protection Business. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.